You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm doing this while I'm driving, so if uh, if the audio quality is different, that's why. Life with a newborn is fun. You just sort of find time when you can. Sorry this is up a little later than normal. Uh, today I want to focus a little bit more on that Duquesne game. Matt Jennings shared his thoughts on Monday. I'll share some of my thoughts right now, and then we'll talk about the Big 12 weekend. Starting Wednesday, we'll turn our attention to Cal. Should have a Gary Patterson press conference on Tuesday afternoon. Hopefully we'll have that audio for you for Wednesday's podcast. And then uh, we'll discuss a Cal Berkeley team that's coming in at 0-1. Really fascinating game against Nevada. Jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Nevada turned the tide after that, and even though it felt like Cal was in control of a lot of that game, they still end up losing 22-17, so they might be coming in in desperation mode. But discussing what happened on Saturday against Duquesne, I mean, TCU did what they were supposed to do against an FCS opponent. They were dominant. They really only played one half, so I'm not going to come out here and make big proclamations. Uh, I was pretty impressed, though, with Max Duggan in the passing game. I thought he was really efficient. Uh, it seemed like they could do whatever they wanted. He threw a pick. I mean, that was a pretty lazy throw. I think, you know, that was maybe a heat check throw. Not really sure what the thought process was there, trying to fit it in between a couple defenders. But got a lot of those receivers involved. Uh, Savion Williams, Quentin Johnston, J.D. Spielman, Tay Barber, Blair Conright, Marcel Brooks even to a certain extent. So that was a big deal. Um, you know, one thing that Gary mentioned in his postgame presser, that I felt like was true. Uh, way too many, like, just too much, uh, too many second and third and longs, some negative plays that put you behind the sticks. I mean, they were able to get out of that and and move the ball. But even on that first drive, I mean, had a penalty that set them back, had some negative plays, ended up having to convert a fourth and five, which I think was one of Max's better throws of the night on a slant to Quentin. Just kind of fit it in there. Uh, the timing was good. He zipped it in there like you're supposed to on that sort of route. But uh, the the only thing I'll sort of nitpick was just that, you know, they weren't particularly efficient in, in – they moved the ball in chunk plays, which is something you want to see this year. But second and 13, second and eight, third and seven, against better competition, that's obviously going to be a lot harder to convert. Um you know, the defense looked good. I thought they were flying around. I felt like, honestly, they sort of lost their focus in the second half, let some guys get behind them, which can't happen. And I do want to know what's what's going to happen with Noah Daniels. I don't have any information on that as far as why he wasn't available uh, on Saturday, and, and we'll see what his availability is moving forward into this Cal game. But Travis Hodges-Tomlinson looked good. Um, you know, C.J. Caesar has experience, and he's he's played a lot of snaps. He had to play a lot of snaps last year. He has a knack for finding the football. He was able to, you know, get some big-time interceptions against La Tech in Kansas. I think he had a pick six against KU last year. Competition level, obviously not the best, but he did make plays. Um, you need a good second corner, though, and – I just I want to see what happens because I thought that corner spot 
would be the biggest strength on the team. And if Noah can't play, or if he's not going to play, then we're looking at a pretty different situation as far as depth and quality there. Uh, I, I think Caesar can hold his own, but if he's suddenly your second best corner, then that's a, a very different picture than we uh, we thought we would see going into the season. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a huge, that's a problem. So you want to see him be able to uh, be healthy, Noah Daniels that is, be healthy, make plays, make things happen because, um, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that you're fighting with with Caesar out there is just are you going to give up uh, are you going to give up big plays behind you because we know I mean we know for a fact like no matter who's playing corner Gary's going to play a lot of man coverage um, he's he's not going to give that up right like that's that's going to be a staple of the defense they're going to take chances they're going to try to you know blitz they're going to try to get there with uh, with extra pressure, they're going to move their safeties around, and those corners are going to be set up on islands. And if you have THT and Daniels and Keen Stewart available, then I don't think playing that way is a problem. I mean, you're still going to give up big plays just because that's I mean that's college football, but you can contain it as much as possible. Um, if Caesar is out there on a more consistent basis, with the inexperience you have on the back end at safety. I think suddenly secondary becomes something that you worry about a little bit. And going into the season, that wasn't a position that you were really worried about at all. So that's something to watch as we move forward. Matthew Downing was the number two quarterback. Um, but him and Chandler Moore both got reps. I, I really hope Chandler can kind of emerge as the season goes on. He had a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter of that game. Looked okay in that drive. Obviously, both guys were just sort of man in the offense, controlling things, controlling the tempo, handing the ball off most of the time. Um, They weren't winging it out there, so hard to get a read on either guy. But Downing was the the number two dude, and he came out there in the second half and made plays. Much bigger test this week against Cal. They shut down Nevada's run game. Their front seven is pretty salty. So uh, a big test for the O-line. Is this O-line legit? Can they run block against this Cal defense? And if the run game's not there, can you make up for it by making plays in the passing game? Are you able to counter by getting the ball on the outside to uh, to your playmakers? And are these wide receivers, are they legit playmakers? Can they find ways to get open? That's all. Uh, those are all questions that could be answered this week when this team faces off with Cal, and that's coming up on Saturday. Coming up next, we'll look around the Big 12, and I'll tell you, about the action from the rest of the conference. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two here, and let's talk some Big 12 football. And we'll start with uh, what happened Friday night. Kansas and South Dakota squared off. And KU, they got to 1-0 uh, with a 17-14 victory. You know, Jason Bean started this game for Kansas at quarterback. He is a North Texas transfer. Had a pretty pedestrian game. He did lead the uh, the team in rushing with 54 yards on the day on 15 carries. Passing-wise, he was 17 to 26, 163 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. So mainly was asked to, you know, make short, efficient throws. And I guess you could say he did that pretty effectively. 
Um, I'll give Kansas credit for hanging in there and getting it done. They were down 14 to 10. They scored a late touchdown to make it 17 to 14, and then the defense was able to get a stop um, to win that football game. Lance Leipold comes in with a good reputation. I don't know how he'll actually be as the coach there at KU. Um, it's a very, very hard place to succeed, but they got a win over South Dakota. That might be their only one of the season. Um, so, you know, good for them getting a victory at home. Students stormed the field, which was kind of a funny sight. I, I do think there's some more energy there. Uh, the Les Miles era did not work. And then obviously he, he ends in kind of disgraceful fashion um, with the allegations that came up at LSU of, of misconduct that led to his ousting at KU. Um, but Lance Leipold, good coach, did some nice things at Buffalo, and he wins his first game there at KU. Oklahoma, they get a 40-35 to victory over Tulane, held on for dear life. Um, I'll be honest, like, I, I sort of tuned out of this game. Tulane, you know, they made some things happen early. Uh, they intercepted Spencer Rattler twice. They did it on the first drive of the game and scored to go up 7-0. They stayed within seven points for most of the first half. But then Oklahoma started to pull away late in the first half. Um, and I, I sort of turned my attention to Penn State, Wisconsin. And I'm looking and I'm seeing, oh, Tulane's coming back. Tulane's coming back. Uh, Oklahoma was really only able to manage, like, long field goals in the second half. And Gabe Brick, he hit them, which uh, led to the victory. But Tulane was driving. I mean, they had a drive to go win that football game down 40-35. to 35. Um, Didn't happen. Oklahoma defense got a stop and got out of there and escaped with a victory. But a pretty uninspiring performance from the Sooners. I know Tulane was playing with some emotion. Um, Hurricane Ida displacing them. I, I would imagine that team kind of rallied. And that Tulane QB, which I'm blanking on his name right now, but, man, he was tough and almost had a first down scramble on fourth down that would have extended that drive. Uh, Pratt, he was uh, he was really effective in that game and, and made some things happen. But uh, Oklahoma did not look like the number two team in the country. Now, that doesn't mean they won't, you know, over the next few weeks. They play Western Carolina this coming week, which should be um, an easy dub. Uh, they did not look super impressive, though, against Tulane. They do hold on, though, and get the victory. And... Uh, I think survive and advance is kind of the name of the game early in the season. But OU, I mean, I was surprised. Like, OU seemed like the most complete team. Like, they they were a team that you would imagine would just hit the ground running with the experience they have, and that didn't really happen on Saturday. Uh, maybe the most impressive win of the week, K-State 24-7 to over Stanford. They just bludgeoned Stanford. It wasn't really even that close. Um, and ran the ball like crazy. 200 rushing yards on the day. Deuce Vaughn with 124 rushing yards. Averaged almost 10 yards a carry. Uh, great win for Chris Kleiman and company over David Shaw's squad. Impressive stuff getting a victory over Stanford. Um, you know, I think the tree is a little bit down this year, but still just lining up and going to town on a physically on a Stanford team, that's really impressive. The only Big 12 team that lost – this week was Maryland, or was excuse me, was West Virginia. West Virginia they fall to Maryland, thirty to twenty four. Um, to Leah Tongaviola, to his brother, he's at Maryland and he had a nice game. Jarrett Dagey threw two picks. I really think that's the deal for West Virginia. If Jarrett Dagey is impressive and can make things happen and can make plays, this is a dangerous West Virginia football team. If he can't, well, then it's uh, it's going to be a rough year for the years and. Um, on Saturday, he just he turned the ball over too much. He was not really efficient. 
and didn't make enough plays to get it done. The West Virginia defense kind of faded down the stretch as well. So they start the year 0-1, only Big 12 team that fell on Saturday. Northern Iowa, uh, they took on Iowa State. Iowa State comes up with a win, but it was 16-10. to I don't know what it is about Matt Campbell and, like, non-conference opponents, whether it's FCS schools or group of five schools, but they really seem to struggle. Uh, you know, they lost to Louisiana last year. Northern Iowa is a good FCS opponent, but, I mean, they're still an FCS team. You would think Iowa State would handle that well. Um, Brees Hall only had 69 yards rushing. That was obviously an emphasis for Northern Iowa going into that game. But even so, you're surprised that they could hold up against an Iowa State rushing attack. They survive. I think, you know, similar to Oklahoma, they're going to get better as the year goes on. But, again, like this team had literally – everyone coming back just really weird that they wouldn't be more impressive they play in-state rival Iowa this week who's coming off a a nice win over um oh gosh who do they beat Indiana yeah they beat Indiana pretty good on Saturday so uh I guess we'll see a little bit more about Iowa State then running through a few games um Oklahoma State they held on against Missouri State now Spencer Sanders did not play in this game he was in COVID protocol, so Shane Illingworth got the start, and the the offense struggled to capitalize. Only 54 yards rushing, um, LD Brown only 30 yards on the ground, so missing Chuba Hubbard, maybe some offensive line issues there as well. Missouri State had a chance to tie that game late, uh, but the Pokes hold on. Baylor they get a 29 to 20 victory over Texas State. Um, again, you know, not super impressive score wise. I will say Baylor ran for 245 yards. And that's something they haven't done in a while. So if that's a sign of things to come, then they could potentially be a dangerous team. Texas Tech, they rally back and win 38-21 to over Houston. Um, you know, I've been kind of critical of Tyler Shaw, or Tyler Shuck, excuse me, but he was pretty good, 17-24, 231 yards and a touchdown. But 134 yards on the ground from Todd Brooks. So Texas Tech really did it. Uh, by running the football and playing some defense. So impressive win for Matt Wells' crew over uh, Houston. And then finally, Texas, a workmanlike performance against Louisiana. They win 38-18. Their defense was outstanding. And uh, Hudson Card was pretty good. Bijan Robinson had over 100 yards. Impressive day from Texas as they start the season 1-0 and get the victory over Louisiana. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, this is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.